Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation watch your face is gonna open some doors. You do what you gotta do, stumble through. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I am your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator and marketer. And this week we are talking to the man behind the mic, and the board with the flashy lights, <laughs> Mr. Zane C. Weber. Sometimes Hello. I'm behind the mic. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Zane C. Weber. Hello, Zane. Oh, it's so nice to have you on here. And today we are going to be talking about side hustles and monetizing them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Hobby to hustle conversion. Fuck yeah. Look, someone's got to do it. Right? Yeah. Because what's the point of having a hobby unless you're going to get money from it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I was reading an article the other day. I think it was two days ago, actually, uh, just to be specific. And it was something to do on The Guardian. They were like, oh, here are the benefits to having a hobby just for the sake of having a hobby. And I was like, well... Fuck you and your freaking rich bank account, you know, like I mean, some of us. I have hobbies just for the sake of hobbies mm. because it's very hard to monetize like reading books or yeah. watching movies. True. Um, but also like I guess particularly in the creative arts, mm. there is like this product that yeah. comes out of what you do. So you can either give it away for free or try and get some pocket money from it. That's true. I guess I... Or turn it into a livelihood. No, that's true. That's true. I suppose on one hand, like reading and watching movies, I consider that a downtime sometimes, but also like it's so much a part of what a lot of creatives do anyway, just to like get ideas and understand what's going on in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's almost not a hobby. It's just research. (laughs) Well, I guess if you you work at 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 any sort of publisher, like Mm. you can claim magazines and books and whatever on your your tax because it's part of your job. But, I mean, you don't necessarily have to treat it like a job. Like I I read things that for work in a very different Mm. way than I read things for pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm actually – sometimes more critical when I read things for pleasure than when I read them for work because it's like, no, fuck you. That shouldn't have been a typo. This is my downtime. Why am I working? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you ruin my night off? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So we've started the podcast, but we haven't actually started the podcast. Zane, my friend, can you introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? (laughs) I am Zane C. Weber. 
I own and run uh, That's Not Canon Productions, which is a Brisbane podcast incubator network. And I host uh, a number of podcasts as well as produce a greater number of podcasts. And yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which ones do you host? I host. Okay. Uh, I host the Musicals list. Told Me Everything I Know. I host Castology. I host A New World Order. I host And Then They Fucked. I host <laughs> the Disney vs. Disney podcasts. I host... A glass of wine. <laughs> I host many. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's I think a that's lot. most of them. Most of them. That was I'm eight, sure right? There's more. I was not counting. I used to host Second Take, and I'm a, a sometimes guest host on Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, have you stumbled through anything this week? Yes, this has been a big week for me. Yeah, no, that has. It has. Okay, tell me about it. I mean, this might date the podcast a little bit if you're Mm. okay with that. Yeah. But this week I've stumbled through casting a show. Not just any show. No, so every year I do the 24-hour musical project, Mm -hmm. which is a project where we stage a full musical with only 24 hours of, well, a constant 24 hours of rehearsal. Mm. So everyone finds out. All the cast find out what the show is at 5 p.m. on the Saturday and we perform it at 5 p.m. on the Sunday. Real fun. Real fun. So but legitimately <laughs> really fun. Like my tone lied. It sounds like the best fun. So stressful. But like until we- until it's done. And mm. then it was so much fun. Yeah. Like childbirth. Oh, I was gonna say like a roller coaster, because childbirth, well, I suppose. Parenting and childbirth are two separate things, but they're yeah. connected in my mind because of society. So. Every year about about 10 a.m. in the morning, you're like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and then as soon as the show's done, or for me, as soon as the show is up, it's like, yeah, this is the best. <laughs> oh, so it is exactly like childbirth because yep. you push it out, there's all the trauma, there's all the tearing, and then your body is flooded with all of these chemicals that are like, yes. Yeah, yeah, because the pro- the project, there's no time for any of the downsides of theatre. There's no time for any mm. politics or bitchiness or clicks. Mm. It's literally just everyone putting everything in mm. for 24 hours yeah. straight and then on stage you don't have time to second-guess yourself. You just have to... Go with it and trust that if you stumble, other people are going to be there to yeah. push the scene along. Um, but we've just had auditions mm-hmm. and the difficult thing this year was casting because mm-hmm. we had almost double the auditionees that we've had previously. Um, we have about the same amount of roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that we're saying no to twice as many talented people. Oh, God. And also the, the production team um, is huge. Yeah. Because we have to accomplish so much in so little time, we have we have three assistant musical directors. I have two assistant directors. Uh, we have an, a choreographer, assistant choreographer on top yeah. of what you usually have. So that makes like 10 people in the room during casting. Oh, and that's so hard to be <laughs> like, okay, everyone synchronize your watches because yeah. like we all need <laughs> these times off in the calendar and we need to book them off like three months in advance so we can get time off from our three different jobs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also like each show has to be cast differently. Like in some shows, some roles depend on who is in a different role. And so you have to figure out who's in oh, that role. Oh, doubling. Yeah. So it's like if you can't double... <laughs> 
A with B if the person who's playing both of them is like, well, I can't go from being uh, a delightful fairy godmother type to <laughs> a tall basketballer type. Correct. Like those are slightly different. And even when it comes <laughs> to like partnering on stage, so you can't yeah. have like you couldn't have a – a, uh, a, like a mismatched married pair because that mm. would sometimes look a little weird mm. um, in either way. And so, yeah, figuring out which order to place, to, to cast, and then who has kind of first say in who is considered and who isn't oh, considered wow. for each role changes oh, wow. for each different role oh, in this God. one. Oh, it was a, it was a six-hour process. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it was. On top of... All the hours that you'd spent auditioning, and you had yeah. how many people audition? Uh, we had over a hundred register. Holy I think fuck. I think we auditioned just over ninety. Yeah. Oh my god! So it was it was a process, but the process for auditions was down. The stumble through was the casting mm. because each show is different yeah. in this process because. Absolutely. You know, you can't you can't really talk to people specifically about what they can and can't and are willing to do and what they've mm. done in the future in relation to the roles. Because so they you, can't know until can't it's know. 24 hours before. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <gasps> I want to see this. Yeah. Well, yes. book your tickets now. I, I should. <laughs> I really should. I need to get paid first. Yep, uh, absolutely. But today's payday, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Zane, uh, let's have a chat. And I would like to ask you some questions. And my please, first, please yeah. do. Ooh. Uh, my first question is uh, what are all the things you do? So you've talked about, I think you've kind of covered this. Um, and how do you think they feed into each other? Okay. So the main thing I do, my day job mm. is uh, graphic designer. Um, that has transferred a little bit into coding and um I guess, network infrastructure as well. Outside of my day job, uh, I produce podcasts, I host podcasts, I also act, I also freelance design and I also Mm. direct and produce theatre. Yes. That's what I do. So I guess... Oh, that's all. (laughs) That's all. Uh, Well, I'm also a podcast consultant and a social media consultant. Oh, God. Uh, So... Can you stop being so impressive? uh, Look, (laughs) people say that it's impressive, but, like, the reality of that is that I do have a certain set of skills that are applicable to a number of different things. So there are things that you learn as a graphic designer that are very applicable when it comes to marketing and social mm. media yeah. and design, especially when it comes to directing. Mm. Um, and then there are things in performance that you, f- I find uh, just super helpful when it comes to hosting a podcast, Absolutely. just when it comes to how to speak and how to speak to other people and how to fill airtime if necessary and how to improvise as well. Yeah. So I think – the creative impulse kind of spans mm. all of that. Um, but also my other main skills that I think is in managing managing time and managing other people. Mm. Um, I love more than anything collaborating. I like bringing other people's ideas to life. I find it very exhausting to uh, come up with an idea and bring it to life all on my own. Mm. Um, I very much love to bounce ideas around and yeah. be the kind of – the, I guess, the driving force behind someone else's idea. So I think that's what led me into starting the network rather than just producing my own podcasts. Yeah. Heck yeah. That is so cool because like particularly because I'm 
kind of the opposite. I find it very easy to come up with like a bunch of ideas and kind of go, okay, so this idea, we'll flesh it out. But then it's the middle that usually gets me stuck. I'm yeah. good at beginning and finishing. It's that part where all the very interesting fun stuff is over and I'm like oh I have to do it oh this is Uh. boring (laughs) and hard oh yeah and And that is a that's a huge stumbling block because Mm. you haven't if you like if you haven't done something before Mm. there's a an unknown number of steps and stumbling blocks that you have Mm. to get over and so because you don't know what they are you don't want to start in case it's too big mm. and you can't do it. Yeah. Um, so I think I have taken that step with a few things and so I'm kind of trying to use my energy to go back and pull other people over those same yes. steps so that they are less afraid of mm. of of, uh, of pushing ahead their own projects. Yeah. Well, you've certainly helped me with Stumble Through, definitely. Like the, this whole podcast, I, I was like, ah. Oh had this idea, I don't know, and I pitched it to you and you were like, yeah, good. And I was like, oh, I didn't prepare for success. No, good. When are we doing it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a list of guests for me? I was like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yes, and uh, here are some possible tasks. I will say you were one of the most prepared people that I have uh, basically interviewed about starting a podcast. So well, don't don't you. don't. Uh, self-deprecate too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that that is my anti-superpower, I suppose. <laughs> Self-deprecating. Huh? In Australia? What? Um, I, I guess, like, that's part of the thing. Like, I can kind of look at something and go, and these are all the ways that the wheels could fall off, and this is my contingency plan. But then... It's still, yeah. But anyway, enough no, about ab- me. No, absolutely right. Th- mm. These are all the ways the wheels can fall off. So you mm. kind of need someone else to go, okay, if they fall off, I'm the one that will put them back on and you just keep driving. Oh, okay. Yeah, keeps someone else. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> um, because, yeah, like there are so many, especially when it comes to podcasting, there are so many people trying to sell sell the plan, in inverted commas, to success in podcasting when mm. they're – Firstly, there isn't. There isn't one. It Each podcast like, yeah. is different. It's a, it's an emerging field. It's mm. uh, the Wild West, as I, I like to yeah. keep saying. Um, but also it's not that hard to mm. start a podcast. Yeah. It's just a matter of sticking with it, really. Yeah, it's and it seems like people forming businesses off how to plan something has been huge, particularly like you were saying with podcasting and also with social media stuff. Absolutely. Here's how to do Instagram stories. Here's how to do that. And I am always so wary of it because on the one hand, I'm like, you have been doing this for much longer than I have and you have, you know, got experience and I can see that you've got numbers, but you got those in the past and now we're dealing with the present and it is so different. And it's just like after a certain point, you know, you you just got to do it. Like yeah, you, yeah, you have yeah. to actually just learn by trial and error and just talking to people who are doing it at the same time as you is often more useful than yeah, trying absolutely. to find like some great teacher. Mentorship is amazing. I will not ever knock mentorship or knowledge, but like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess, well, that, I guess that's what TNC does mostly mm-hmm. is, is mentorship. Like I don't yeah. try to claim anything that, other people are doing. I just help them get to the final stages. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're a great person and creative. Well, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So do you think your side hustles, et cetera, have to have a common thread or is it better to have um, some variety to it, do you think? It really Speaking depends generally. on yeah, it really depends mm. on your personality. Yeah. I'm I'm the kind of person that I have gone through life every few years I will latch on to a new obsession. Mm. So when I was young, like I'm doing like early high school, it was mm. time travel. That's a very weird thing for someone to so young to get. But I was Not all really about though. the all about the high concept science and paradoxes yeah. and whatever. Metaphysics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then as I grew up, like there was, it was karaoke. And so that would kind of led me down a rabbit hole of music and classical music. And then it was jazz specifically. Then I got into musical theater. Then mm. I got into theater in general. Then I got into production. Then I got into podcasts and then I got into D and D and like, I, mm. I, I kind of accumulate interest, but there is a period of time where I obsess mm. in, I hope a healthy way, mm. um, but just learning everything I can. Um, and it's only very recently that I've thought about what that kind of, what what's the best way to feed my own personality? Because mm. I know some people are very much, they have been passionate about one thing their entire lives yep. and they just want to be a master of that yeah. one thing. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to when if it's a if it's a hustle, mm. then you kind of want to enjoy it as yeah. well as you have to get some joy out of it. Otherwise, yeah. it's literally just it's just work. It's just struggle. It's, it's just it's, another day. Yeah. job. Yeah, and but, it's it's not just another day job. It's another day job on the side of your already existent day job for what? Like if you don't enjoy yeah. it, yeah. it's ugh. <laughs> and yeah. so I mean. If you're like people know whether or not mm. they have a personality that can drive themselves yeah. because it is you need to have you need to be a self starter because yeah. like no yeah. one else is gonna push you you know yeah um and I think it's also like I think it's a skill that can be learned but it's also like do you really want to invest in learning how to be a self starter or would yeah. you rather just be like you know what no I will harness my strengths and I will play to them and if like doing stuff that's in front of me is great but motivating myself isn't that's fine but you know yeah 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 I just had to clear my throat off mic <laughs> but now I'm gonna do it again <coughs> I should have filled that but I didn't it's poor, <laughs> God poor radio damn it. offer accept develop it's <laughs> okay um how Ooh, I wonder what I shall ask next uh, please tell me what is involved in the conversation of conversion. Sorry. What do you think is involved in the conversion of turning a hobby into a money-making hustle? Like are there switches in mindset and feelings especially? I would say for me, it was a very organic process. Um, for me, it was my hobbies reached – critical mass and I was involved with so many other people that I had to start considering who who and what this was happening for mm. um, and whether or not it was worthwhile consuming so much of my life. Yeah. Uh, so the way I justified it to myself is like I am still enjoying doing it. Yeah. Do I want to cut back and do less of it mm. so that it's not consuming my life? Mm. Or do I lean into it and try to make it worth my while in a capitalistic sense? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I put a lot of time <laughs> in it. So I think for me it was just kind of like one step led to another, led to another, led to another. Mm. Um, but I think there definitely is a point where you're like someone says, oh, I really love what you're doing. Can mm. I pay you to yeah. do that? And then you're like, oh, I guess how much do I charge? Mm. Uh, and then that if that kind of sparks something in you, then you have to consciously think about like what is it worth yeah. materials and time-wise and go from there. So I think I I can't really speak to many other people's mm. motivations um, but it's not a big leap from doing something that you're passionate about just for the passion and then realising that people might want to pay you for yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Because, again, being a creative, that mm. is part of the deal, is yeah. an audience. So yeah. you kind of start off with that understanding um, at least a little bit. Definitely. And I just I want to touch on um, or rather go back to a point that you mentioned about um, figuring out what it's worth in terms of, you know, like the time that you invest and the materials that you use and stuff like that. And I guess I just want to have a conversation about how you, what conversations do you have with yourself in order to do that? Because I know creatives often find it, particularly in the beginning, very difficult to be like, this is how much I can charge because like this is a fair price. I feel like yeah. so many of us, particularly when we're only just monetizing stuff, um, you know, like for economic gain and, and we're doing things like that, it can be such an icky feeling and we feel so like, oh, I don't know. Like, is that, am I good enough to charge this amount? Is it? I like, relate to that yeah. a lot, mm. um, particularly when it comes to uh design and social media stuff and yeah. consultancy, mm. which all you're really giving is your knowledge. But it's still then. time and energy that still you are Still time and energy and yeah. it's still time and energy in the past that you're yeah. charging for retroactively. Yes, like it's all of your knowledge that you've accumulated over the years as well. Yeah. yeah. So there is there is an element of like it's, it is overcoming a hurdle of like you have worth mm. and that worth can be translated into dollars. Australian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to communicate that to yeah. the people who are going to give you those dollars. Mm. Uh, so on one on one hand, you have your monetary investment. On the other, you have what people can and are willing to pay. I still, everyone tells me, and I have no problems mm. with it, undercharge for my design mm. services because the people that I am charging – have a level that they can pay and if I didn't do it for them, then they wouldn't have a designer. So it's it's a matter of like I want these people to succeed. Mm. I don't, in inverted commas, need mm. to charge my professional rate to do it. I Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. If a company comes along yeah. and says, dear Zancy Weber, mm. we would like to put you on retainer, I will say, I will have your retainer, please. Mm -hmm. But also I will help burgeoning theatre companies who yeah. have a $100 budget for their entire marketing suite. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that like – I think the arts is really good in the way that we always go, okay, who is a friend of mine that, you know, I know can do this 
or alternatively, like I'm on the hunt for a graphic designer, but like an emerging one, because I'm like, this is my budget and I am prepared to work with whatever time frames and skills that they have and give this to them in a, like, what can I exchange with yeah. you? What yeah. value can I give you in exchange for a lower monetary rate? Um, but yeah, I think that the creative arts is a good place where we always go, okay, I need this thing done. Which of my friends can I like, yeah. you know, do a payment in yeah. kind sort of thing. So I'll pay you partly in money. And then, um, you know, the other part will be like, I will always flog your shit. Yeah, absolutely. I will be like, I am going to hammer this home. <laughs> I <laughs> will be free marketing. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of creative charging um, and also having just a scale, mm. uh, having it scale to um, if a friend comes to me and says, so I need to get this done and I'm like, is this mm. – Friend charges or is this real charges? Yeah. And then I tell them the real charges and usually it's friend charges. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> because you like sneaky, I said, sneaky man. I, I, don't, I don't undercharge people mm. who have can't the have the money. And so yeah. I tell them my professional rates mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, excellent. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's pretty much industry mm-hmm. standard. We will pay you that much. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I know you can't pay that. Yep. So, yeah. Fair enough because you're a nice human. Now it's time for our Things I've Never Said segment, where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from you, our listeners, on the topic we discuss. So this week we have a submission. Um, I'm just going to open it up on SurveyMonkey. Okay, so this week's submission goes as follows. It's so fucking hard when your side hustle requires a lot of time, but it isn't enough to live off. So you need to kind of still have a main job, but you don't have time for your main job because of your side hustle. I feel that on so many levels. That's so real. (laughs) That is my life at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm in a weird, a weird spot right now where I, it's, it's like I have two full-time jobs. Yeah. So... You know, that you have to, you, you either, I've, I have in my head given myself a period of time that I'm willing to live that existence mm-hmm. and then I have to look for an out. E- yeah, either either day job good. or side hustle. Uh, so that is kind of uh, a line in the sand yeah. that I've given myself. Which is so good. See, I would have never thought to have done that and that's why I would have crashed. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Mm. I've crashed in the past. Mm. This is you have learned from yes. your mistakes. <laughs> what? Yeah. What is this <laughs> magic? <laughs> uh, the glory of being slightly older than everyone you know. You uh, appear wise. You're not. Older? I'm much older than you by at uh, least a decade. What? Yes. What? Yes. What fucking skin cream do you use? Oh. What moisturizer <laughs> do you use? It's called. Stress, and I never go out in the sun. So, uh, yeah, no that that would be part of it. That mm. would be part of it. God damn, I um I wondered when I would inherit, um, well not just my mother's, like it's a societal thing, but I wondered when I would inherit that sort of fear of wrinkles and aging. And mm. the answer is twenty four, dear listeners. <laughs> a few months after I turned twenty four, I looked in the mirror and was like. Oh, fuck. (laughs) It's happening. (laughs) Yeah, but like I'd never paid much attention to it before because I know that I've had like slight lines on my forehead since I was in high school. Yeah. Like I know that they've been there because I am very expressive in my face. I am such a bad liar. Like my mum used to say that she could tell when I was lying because it was written across my forehead. (laughs) Turns out she wasn't wrong. (laughs) It's good to know that you have a tell. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's my entire face. <laughs> but it was just like this weird moment of going, oh, oh, okay, right. And then you never lied again. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so let's go back to the topic at hand, which is, oh, fuck, help. Um, the topic at hand mm. is, is having to work a day job while you're trying to turn your side job into your day job. Yeah, and it's like how do you – so you've touched on how you have given yourself a period of time. Yeah, line in the sand. Yeah. Um, and like that line in the sand isn't just like hoping that it happens by then. Mm. It is a line in the sand and then back planning on I all have the to things. Make it happen by on, then. Yeah, on all the things yeah. you have to do to have that happen. Mm. And then if they get set back, then reevaluating as you go as yeah. well. Because there are two ways that it can happen. It mm-hmm. either happens by hard work, which doesn't happen without planning, or it mm. happens by massive windfall, which is luck to begin with. Which yeah. is like, what? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, dear Google, please mm. buy me out. Yeah. I will accept offers upwards <laughs> of five million. Yeah. You hear that, Google? Google. <laughs> okay, Google. Five million dollars, please. God, I wonder. I wonder what. Hang on, I'm just going to try this. I wonder what Siri will say. Hang on. Okay, Siri, I will have five million dollars, please. What you mean by? Okay, Siri, I will five million, please. That's a lie, Siri. You know what she means. You just don't want to give it to her. <laughs> oh, fucking playing dumb. Like when you look at all the funding cuts in the government and you're like, but where is the money going? Where does it go? Because mm-hmm. it's not going to schools and it's not going to the arts and it's not going to hospitals. No, it's funding coal mining and coal power plants. Mm, which are owned <laughs> by overseas companies. Yeah. Yep. What? I said nothing. We've oh, signed, government. what, like, isn't it like a hundred year lease on the, never mind. Yep. Anyway. That's a tangent. So, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Dear Adani, buy me out. <laughs> F- offers of five million and up, please. <laughs> I'm not doing a call out to them. That's not a <laughs> <No>. thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so time management. Tell me tell me about your time management skills because you have so many and they are masterful and I would like to learn, please. <laughs> I live and die by my schedule. I have a schedule. It is half hourly. I live and die by it. Oh my God. Um, and when I say schedule, it's not just jobs that I schedule. It's mm. also downtime. Yes. It's recuperation. Mm. Uh, it's down to times that I'm a chronic insomniac. So mm. I, I plan, I have to plan the times that I am at least trying to sleep. Yeah. But in those hours that I'm trying to sleep, I schedule two, <laughs> two different <laughs> contingencies on if I actually get to yeah. sleep or if I don't get to sleep mm-hmm. and where I will meditate and whether I, when I will just rest. So it it comes down to like my life is so busy at the moment Mm. because not only am I doing my day job, my running the podcast, I'm also performing musical, yeah, performing in Cluedo and producing the twenty four hour musical. That's right. Cluedo is an interactive theater, just theater experience, theater experience. Correct. Uh, Interactive theater experience. I'm playing Colonel Mustard, Um, and luckily I've done that several years. Previously, so mm. I've done it consecutively. So the rehearsal isn't too draining of my time, yeah. but I still have to account for it. Mm. Um, and so I'm at a point where if I didn't have my schedule, I just would not be able to keep everything in my head. Yeah. Um, and that's how I survived 
well, up until two years ago mm. where I was just able to keep my weekly schedule in my head and people would say, okay, so next week on Wednesday, let's go to the movies. And I'd be like, sure, I've got nothing on Wednesday. Mm. Now I would not be able to know without yeah. looking at the schedule. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of the same. I, I am glued to my diary. Mm. Like I need everyone, if you ever try and make plans with me, I will ask you to text me, not because I don't care, but because I do care and I want to remember. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I'm the, ex- uh, the absolute same. Mm. Like I have so many channels of communication, communication yeah. that if someone is communicating with me about like a job that they want done mm. over text, I'll be like, can you please email me? Because yeah. email is where I function on my work from. I will remember <laughs> that. Where, which actually, side note, where, where would you, I'm going to ask this question after the podcast. That seems stupid now. Okay. Uh, uh, the, no, but now the podcast people will be like, what the fuck is she asking? I just want to know what channel I should contact you on to do the podcast stuff because I've noticed no, that. No, that's totally fine. Okay, cool. Why, what you're doing <laughs> is fine. I would have asked you to change it. Okay, wasn't. cool. Because <laughs> I know, and I need to start, directing people because I am very responsive. Um, Regan, a previous podcast guest, remarked on the fact that I think we have had seven different channels of communication because I am across it, guys. Yep. Like, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Can we, if we could just consolidate all social media into one social medium, that would be really great for me. Well, you know, like Facebook is trying to do that. They're like, they've bought Instagram, yeah. which I don't understand. So they've bought their competition, fair enough, but now they're still putting new stuff and new forms of communication and stuff on both. I'm like, what is your master plan here? Just to see who likes it the most. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. Facebook's just one big, uh, I, well, what do they call it, focus group now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so you schedule a lot. Yeah. Oh, I have. Yeah. Mm. That my pro, my time management skills is also being realistic. Yeah. Um, and planning soft and hard deadlines, mm. uh, and then working to the soft deadline, not the hard deadline. Yeah. Because I have there is a phenomenon mm-hmm. in all the podcasts that I've started mm-hmm. that I've noticed is that three to five episodes in. Mm-hmm. Podcasters will always go, oh, I didn't realise how much time this is going to take uh-huh. and they will miss a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I don't put any pressure on them because I mean, it happens that's just a, to almost everyone. Yeah, that's an early stumbling block. That's it's something that you go, oh, okay, cool. Yep. Right. That was a thing I have learnt now. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it is being realistic with yourselves with all the information that you can gather, um, doing your research and then planning to that and then back planning to the day that yeah. you are in right now. Yep. Um, and that that's really all time management is. Mm. And, yes, it, you have to put aside time to schedule. And be <laughs> – yeah, this is – see, this is my thing because so – well, my thing. It's not my thing. It's one of the things that I struggle to allow myself because I – I use scheduling as a form of self-care. Oh, absolutely. And it's so relaxing to me that sometimes I like deprive myself and I go, no, you should be doing the thing, not planning to do the thing. And it is counterintuitive. And I have had to have a lot of chats with myself where I go, I am allowed to plan my time 
And it's okay if I spend two hours doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, understand, I understand what you're saying. And yes, if I don't have my day scheduled, mm. I am I suffer anxiety because mm. I need to know what's happening and yeah. what is happening. And I'm not that kind of person in real life, but just my volume of work now has Absolutely. forced it to that. But you can procrastinate by scheduling. Yes, and, and, and that's that can, what I also do. <laughs> yeah, and that can, that can feel like you're achieving mm. something without actually achieving yeah. anything. And I think that's it's just another way of being super honest with yourself mm. as to is this what the project needs right now? Yeah. Do you, is the project benefiting from you spending two hours mm. scheduling or can you get it done in one? Yeah. And then even if you need to take a break from the project – have an hour break yeah, and then go back to the project Absolutely. Um, rather than convincing yourself that you're working just by doing busy work because you're going to spend all that energy mm. and not get any benefit out of it. Yeah, Whereas you right. could spend the energy that you need to recuperate and then go on to spend the energy that you would have anyway. Bringing all the wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> much, Zane. Oh God. Yeah. I think that's, it's so much a part of being an adult is learning about yourself is being like reflective and self-aware enough to go, oh, this thing, I've noticed a pattern of behavior here (laughs) and um, I am fucking myself over (laughs) quite considerably. (laughs) It's like, I wonder why I feel so bad, he says, after committing to seven different things Mm. and always having to balance three projects that are competing for the same time frames in his mind. It's like... No, it's probably the project. So as soon as they're done, I'll be fine. <laughs> it's just like, but will they ever be done? <laughs> <laughs> no, then you just replace them with new ones, mm, yeah. which then they are the problem. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, God, it's it's just a never-ending circuit. It can be. It can yeah, be. definitely. Yeah. And it's about like scheduling not only project time and planning time and downtime. Yep. I'm so – I love – hearing people say, I schedule in downtime because I'm like, fuck yes, validation. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Thank you so much for having a chat to me, Zane. No problem at all. It was really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for like sharing. And I will say, I feel like I've spoken about myself too much. No, stop that. I feel like I'm uncomfortable with how much I've spoken about myself, but I always feel like that. Same, Mm. same. I, I have this tariff. I have this thing in my head where I'm like why are you even talking right now stop it like you're just you've talked about yourself for so much so lot stop shut up stop it and then I'm like oh I started a podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) quick get some guests on then then it will seem like I'm talking about them (laughs) (laughs) I mean you're not wrong (laughs) thank you again for coming on um I would like to finish off by asking you um now you've had the benefit of hearing this question a lot and oh, hearing what I everyone else has been saying. It, oh no. <laughs> but no, it's been it's just you've just been yeah. mulling it over. It's been mm-hmm. marinating in your mind. So, Zane, um what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? 10,000 people. See, 10,000 isn't isn't enough people to for you to notice it straight away. Really? No, for what I'm suggesting. Oh, okay. But I'm suggesting Radical honesty. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So when people ask you a question, tell them the truth. Mm. If they say, how are you? I'm like, I'm feeling terrible today. Mm. You can't help, but thank you for asking. (laughs) 
Um, I like that. Yeah. But also when it comes to, like, there are things that we just don't talk about, like money, like sex, Mm. um, things that are like social taboos, which are unnecessary and cause people like real anxiety. And future podcast episodes, just so you (laughs) are. Absolutely. (laughs) And And it's really just a matter of, of being open and honest mm. and not feeling uncomfortable with sharing the truth about you. Because mm. even if it's not the truth about anyone else, you can say, I feel this way about this thing. Yeah, and that's perfectly valid and it's brave and excellent. I I vibe on that. On Yes, yeah. I, I know that I personally am a very, like, frank person and I have no problem being incredibly vulnerable very quickly. Mm. Uh, And I think sometimes that, or at least I become self-conscious about that fact because I'm like, oh, do people think that I'm just a sad girl on the internet or some shit? I (laughs) grew up in a house that was very, let's just assume that everyone's okay. Uh, And I didn't find out until I was 23 that things were not okay. Oh, dear. (laughs) And so this is a learnt behaviour for Mm. me. So let me reassure you, Mm. yours is the healthier way of living. Okay, thank you. I I did need that validation. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I need all of the validation. You are are very valid. um, (laughs) and And that is definitely a more healthy way to live your life because even if people don't like what you're saying, you know mm. then that people don't like what you're saying mm. and you don't just assume that they don't like you for mm. some other reason. Yeah, I think – but I think also like if we are radically honest, it also gives other people the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, yeah, as soon as you start talking about something that pe- people are thinking about but aren't having yeah. conversations about, they'll jump into it. They will. Yeah. It's, it's about giving people the opportunity to be vulnerable, but often that requires us to be vulnerable first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which for me is not a problem. <laughs> in fact, I have to temper that, particularly in like the romantic situations. I'm like, oh, maybe a first date is not the time. To plan the wedding. I've never actually planned a wedding. I've never, I've have never done. Have you named the children? No. I don't oh. even I, I have done none of that. Like I remember vividly, vividly, a girl who I was friends with in um in high school and she was talking about what kind of dress she wanted at her wedding and everyone went around the circle and said what kind of dress they wanted and then they got to me and I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> and I panicked and I said, I want a red one. And they were like, Oh, controversial. Ooh. <laughs> I want feathers and sequins. Yes. <laughs> All in red. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for producing it and doing the recording of it. You're welcome. Heck yes. And thank you, listeners, for listening. It's been a real treat to have you. Um, I'm going to repeat the normal thing and say thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions, who is also the guest. That is me. Yeah. I get two thank yous. Heck yeah, you do. You do. You get four even. <laughs> <laughs> um, and graphics are by Claudia Piggott and music is by Jessica Fletcher. If you have stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook at StumbleThroughPodcast. Absolutely. Heck, yeah. Do all the socials. Mm. Yeah. 
it's not stressful at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who Constant. would want to do that for a living, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, there we go. Save me from myself. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. The world is a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.